Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of uh, Between Two Chairs. Uh, actually, this is episode 40, the big 4-0. My name is Fernando Arencibia, and with me, as always, is the amazing Jennifer Wallman. Jennifer, say hello, hello to the peoples. Hello, peoples. Hello, everybody. And welcome, welcome. Today, following in the theme that we've kind of been doing between connecting the dots and then the previous one, the obstacle is the way for mindset, where we discussed how office right now as an asset class is hurting and for many people may be considered an obstacle. We thought today we would do anatomy of a deal. Mm -hmm. And so you had an incredible third quarter. Well, actually, it was really Fourth quarter. Fourth, sorry, I meant fourth <laughs> quarter, and I meant actually the last two weeks of the fourth quarter, yeah. <laughs> like down to I the know. wire, where okay. you had some crazy, crazy deals going on. And I thought our listeners can learn from sure. them, as always. And the one that I'd like you to focus on, just because of the office, yeah. is the medical office that you sold in South Miami. Yeah. So we're, I'm just going to interview you so you get to Oh, that would be lovely. I love it. <laughs> it will be my pleasure. So. The first thing is, do you want to give a little bit of an overview sure. of the deal itself? Yeah, I'm happy, happy to do it. Source of the deal? Start with the source. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. So this actually is a deal that came uh, via a referral from a an amazing, amazing uh, residential real estate agent who um, has a relationship with a company that, you know, manages a lot of property and anything that is commercial is not within her purview. So she likes to recommend somebody with experience to take care of those things and incredibly humbled that I, I that I am that person you know for her and so what is always great about that is that you know I always tell our, our agents and you know any anyone who, who is brokering in real estate whether it's residential or commercial is that there are two points of sale in every transaction you have the first point of sale is to convince your client that you are the right person for the job whether they're selling leasing buying you know um, and their property. So the second point of sale is, of course, then you have to actually execute on the job that they have hired you to do, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is to sell that property, find the right location for uh, a place that they're going to lease, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what's great about working by referral is that you overcome that first point of sale very quickly because people like to do business with people they know and trust. And, you know, when you get a referral from
from a qualified agent that you've worked with in the past it just makes it easier to go into the transaction. So this is a trust and you know this property was entrusted to this trust <laughs> in order for them to manage it and at some point during the time that they were managing the property they decided that it may be a good time for them to sell the property and I do believe that they they were absolutely right. Do you want me to say a little bit about the property? So yeah I, I was just gonna sure. say why don't you go over a little bit of the type of transaction and so you represented the seller obviously you yeah. represented the trust. Yeah okay. represented the seller the trust in listing this property and positioning the property on the marketplace and you know this is a freestanding multi-tenant medical office building in South Miami it you know kind of a, a little bit of an iconic building in the sense that every anyone who drives to and fro uh, South Miami has seen the building has recognized it in one way or the other it is not a very large building it is a uh, about 5,000 square foot building sitting on roughly around 14,000 square foot lot it is a corner building and uh, like I said is iconic from its location and uh, it is very recognizable and it is in the heart of this commercial sector uh, or the commercial district in South Miami. The fact that it is right across from South Miami Hospital, Larkin Community Hospital, uh, two blocks away from the South Miami Metro Rail, uh, just makes the location extremely um, you know, strategic and important, uh, specifically because it is a medical office building. And so give us a little bit, an overview of the deal. We know you did your marketing and everything, but sure. so what kind of attention did it get from the market? How many yeah. offers did you get? So we always knew that the property was going to be taken very well by the marketplace. Uh, the marketplace was going to give it its due attention. You know, when we say we, uh, I mean uh, myself and of course uh, the team here at Avantiway Commercial, but also we're talking about the trustees because when you list a property is really a collaborative process. Everybody has an opinion of value, you know, but the market speaks very loudly. And so it was the approach of the trustees, which I completely agreed with, was that they didn't want the property to be sold off market. They didn't want the property to not see the light of day. They wanted to provide maximum exposure to the property, which I think suited them very well. And it provided for their ability to really perform for the beneficiaries of this asset. The approach that we took was that the property had to be on the marketplace, fully exposed to the market with the property in all the proper marketing channels for a minimum of 21 days before the trust would uh, evaluate any offers that would come in. The strategy worked very, very well during those 21 days. We showed the property, we let everybody know what the expectation was and why we wanted the property to be in the uh, open market. And it is because we wanted to create competition. So we had seven bona fide contract offers on the property. Of course, we can only sell it to one person. So that just provided for the opportunity for people to pay what we thought the property was, was truly worth, which was above asking price. What you do in a transaction like this, when you have so many offers, is you often go back to all of the potential buyers and you ask them to give you their highest and best offer. And, um, and then you start to evaluate it based on not only price, but on terms and conditions. You know, they want to understand whether they, they really have a bona fide buyer and how quickly they the buyer has had their opportunity to evaluate the property and to say, yes, I do, in fact, want to buy it and we're going to move forward. And then, of course, if it was going to be a cash deal, financing, all of those things that, you know, come into play. You picked a you picked a buyer. You guys decided sure. on a buyer. That's right. So tell us, tell us the yeah. steps that 
led you and the trust, because again, it's a mutual decision, right? You don't control who accepts, but you can guide. Um, So give us a little bit of insight into how that process went, why you and the trustees picked that one. Were they the highest price? Were they the one with the best terms, et cetera? And then what happened there? Yeah, so basically what happens is we create a, a spreadsheet of all of the major terms of the offer uh, for all seven offers, and we provide the contracts and we provide that information to to the client. And the reason why we create a spreadsheet is so that they begin to see what the offers have in common and what are the terms that, um, that differentiate one offer from the other. We knew that the the people that wanted to, that would buy uh, or that would pay the highest price for the property would be an owner-occupied uh, doctor. You know, it would be a medical practitioner that wanted to use the property for their own business. That is, in fact, what what ended up happening. The offers really took the entire gamut. There were a few investors that wanted a property for investment purposes. They wanted to continue to lease the property to the tenants, maybe improve it. Um, one of them, uh, I know, was looking into the future development value mm-hmm. of the lot. Um, So let's go over that for a little bit because that the location of this property is spectacular. It's in an area where there is a lot of new development for medical office, but very, very landlocked, right? Right. So there's not a lot of opportunity. So this would be something and there is a corner property next door where did he ever bid? Okay, so there was a corner property next door that if you could get that whole chunk, you're almost getting, you're, well, you are getting a full city block if you had pretty, pretty much, pretty not, close, right, yeah. not quite yeah. a half a city block. Not quite half a city block, yeah. But you uh, would get the whole corner and... Right, but you would yeah. get the whole frontage on 72nd right. corner to corner. So right. great yeah. potential for a developer. For so sure. I just wanted to point that out no, to our no, listeners because no, it really was a great, there, there was so much potential with this spot. Yeah, so absolutely. go ahead. Four of the seven offers came in from doctors that wanted to, in the in the near future, occupy the property for themselves. So they had the most uh, to gain, and therefore they were bidding the highest. We did have a winning bid um, that was chosen by the trust after they evaluated everything. We did counter just to change some of the terms that the you know that the trust felt needed to be changed. And was and it a financed offer? It was a financed offer, uh, but we felt very strongly with the finance. And this is another important point. As we're going through this transaction is that you know when we receive offers there is a level of due diligence that a broker must make and and part of that due diligence is understanding that you know if it's a cash transaction you ask for proof of funds you want to make sure that everything looks legitimate and the person does have the fin- the, the the financial ability to be able to execute on the property when it comes to financing especially on the commercial sector uh, is a lot of these offers came with financing from a local community bank which uh, makes us very happy right. and and the reason for that is because you know usually a local community bank understands the commercial sector a lot better when it comes to the financing especially when they're dealing with owner occupied tenant especially even so when you're dealing with a medical owner occupied tenant and even better when the buyer of that medical occupying uh, you know uh, property is the actual doctor you know so I had the opportunity to speak to the bank to speak to the lender 
to really get into the nitty gritty of what they were looking for. So that, that was the winning bid. One of the things that happens is, of course, you have one winning bidder out of seven. So you have six, six very, very unhappy upset. people, right? <laughs> and one that is, you know, very happy. And then the process begins. Really within three days, we had a full workup of, of the property. And so this is where things started to <laughs> become a little complicated, right? Uh, because the property did need a little bit of work, you know, a new roof, right? Which is not necessarily something that I don't think would have been a great surprise to too many people. But when you're doing financing and you have to replace a roof, then that comes with a layer of, of obstacles, which is that now the bank wants you to put more money down. They want you to have that uh, the money um, in escrow to be able to, you know, fix the roof. And... Uh, as we know from you know different pockets and things, if you're following the commercial market at all, or really the real estate market, the insurance is a big, big uh, problem that we are facing in uh, South Florida and really throughout Florida and throughout the country, really. And so that becomes a question mark as to whether a buyer that is financing the property has the ability to really get the level of insurability for the building before the new roof is installed. And, and all that other stuff. And what I remember is during the inspection period, the surgeon who was had this property under contract, they seemed to be very excited, but his mother-in-law was not very excited <laughs> about the property. She was very concerned. She was an investor. So she was looking at it from the point of view of investment and she's just looking at dollars and cents and seeing, you know, they decided to walk away from the deal, which again, there are contingencies in place. It, right. it happens. Now, here's the positive, right? The positive is that it happened within a five-day period. So a big part, and this is why terms are so important when you're accepting an offer, is that you don't want the property to be off market. And, you know, days. we did get some offers where people wanted 30, 60 days to do inspection periods. Those are investors looking for future development value. So they want that time because they want to go to the zoning board. They want to find out, you know, what am I really able to build? They want to do some preliminary, you know, schematics as to what they're able to build and then they want to basically do their underwriting based on that you know and we really didn't want to go that route you know that wasn't that wasn't something that the trust really want was uh you know was interested in because so, you guys had already sorry targeted sure. you already knew that the best buyer for this property you'd right. already identified that the best yeah. buyer for this property was going to be an owner user and to your point on the due diligence for an investor slash developer it takes longer to for them to underwrite and get that comfort level but for a property in like this in right. such a great location with such high demand right. the negative of you waiting for 30 days right. and taking it off the market to then find out that something whether it could or couldn't have been done right. they might have been approved for everything they wanted to, to do and it still right. would have closed but then That's when right. if they had come back and tried to renegotiate the deal based on the roof or whatever well now the property's been off the market for 30 days so you and right. your seller and are not in as strong of a bargaining position so for right. sure and and you also want to strike while the iron is hot you know that there's a lot of competition you know there's a lot of interest in the property the marketing has worked the approach has worked and you know there's something important about knowing your audience and when you're marketing a property and you're positioning 
putting a property on the market, you kind of you kind of have to know who your end user is going to be and who is going to be the one who is going to give you the highest and you know the highest bid for the property. And sometimes that takes time, and sometimes you know it, it happens that uh, you know that you, that you strike early. Well, and I think in this case it wasn't even the highest price, right? Because who's going to have more skin in the game? An right. investor developer right. whose numbers need to pencil or an owner user who says, right. I'm going to be in medicine for the next 20 years. Right. Whatever That's right. tenant improvements I put in to this building, yeah. I'm going to get back. Whereas right. if I put it in to a building that I lease, I'm kind right. of at the mercy of my landlord because now right. they know that I've spent this much money. And every time that's I'm right. up for renewal, I'm going to get jacked up because where do I yeah. go? So. So I think that that's super important to for your sure. point that for they're sure. going to have more. It's going to be harder for an owner user right. who's limited in terms of options to walk away than it is for a developer. Well, it, and it also brings up a really interesting point, which is that, you know, we all know cash is king and we know that in the commercial sector, we have seen difficulty in the lending side. You know, the lending side on commercial has dried up, but there are exceptions to every rule, and which is why it's important to be, you know, it's important to be the hyper-local expert. It's really important for you to understand that there are exceptions to every rule. So even though lending was drying up, right, the banks still want to lend. So where uh, what we were seeing is that a cash deal, right, doesn't necessarily trump a surgeon or a doctor that is able to get financing because what we knew is that especially from local commercial banks is that they have an immense appetite for medical office financing when there's an end user that is the doctor right and it's not just a, a company that is run by by people that are not going to be working in it right and so i think we you know we i had some investors come to me and says well look you know financing is very tough you really ought to consider this offer because it's all cash and to me that was and to, and to the trust you know based on our conversations yes you are correct but yeah. for this exception, which right. has this to do with medical. This was an, an office building Correct. that had 50% vacancy right. and was being sold to an that, investor. Yeah, a thousand percent. Correct. Right. Right. Exactly. So we went back to our offers and we chose another another party for them to evaluate. At this time, we already had you know a lot of the information about the property. So we shared the information that we had about the property, things that we had learned through the inspection period again, for the sake of uh, transparency and for the sake of um, um, saving everybody time. Right, they, not having you know, the same issue come Right, now you know, deal, now you yeah. know that yes, the roof you're going to need to replace. Now you have that as, you know, you have confirmed, right? Mm -hmm. So anybody who's coming in, let them come in with eyes wide open. And um, I'm happy to say that we were able to find, you know, the right buyer for the property who jumped in, you know, right away. And uh, we were able to, um, you know, uh, exceed the expectations of value for the property based on the competition that, that was created and the property sold about half a million dollars above asking price. Well, do, you, do you know what the price per square foot, what that breaks down to? Uh, almost $700 a square foot. Wow. That's that's crazy because yeah. the average dollar per square foot for medical, the national average for square foot for medical, 296 $296 per square foot in the first yeah. half of 2023. Right. 
So again, to yeah. the strength of Florida's market and no especially this specific South Miami yeah. medical market. Yeah, so it's uh, about $688 a square foot that is sold for. And the reality is that they're just to your point, you're so landlocked there. It is in such high demand that it is very difficult. And I think if, if the approach would have been for us to overprice the property, we wouldn't have been as successful. Right. Because there's something about the majority of the people that came to us to make an offer on the property had already been on the market for a year right, looking. looking for property. Right. And there's something uh, that is incredibly important about that. And this is another little tip, I guess I would say, of the trade, which is when I have a conversation with a broker that is telling me about their buyer and telling me about their uh, that they're going to submit an offer or you know to show the property, whatever it is, we always ask qualifying questions because we want to understand right. what is the motivation, right? And what is the sense of urgency of the buyer? You know, and we want to know, of course, their ability to, to purchase, what are they looking for and all that stuff. And so the majority of the people have been looking for, for a, long time. a long time for their offices and they had uh, had some deals that had fallen through. Right. And guys, if you're sellers in this area, there are at least six other buyers <laughs> that are oh, still looking. So, absolutely. yeah. So absolutely. if you're thinking yeah. about selling, now might be the time because there's yeah. definitely still demand and deals are getting done. Tell me sure. about the financing because the financing on this deal was interesting. This was really interesting because uh, it just so happens that the broker was providing hard equity financing in order for them to buy the property cash. We, we really didn't have a financing contingency, even though we knew that it was their in their interest to uh, finance the property. They moved so fast that they had the ability to basically engage with two banks. And their idea originally was that they were going to purchase the property with this hard equity short-term financing from their broker um, and then refinance. And they didn't want to waste the time. So they were going through the process while they were in due diligence of doing the appraisal from the two banks that they had engaged. So they engaged two banks. The banks did the due diligence and provided them with a term sheet of what they were offering did the appraisal at the end of the day we were able to actually close with the financing um, of the banks on time this was not a, a very long period of time to to get it done but they actually were able to close on time with the new financing without having to so they didn't uh, have to go cash first. correct they didn't awesome. have to go cash that means that they save money on uh, all the title work they save money on the any fees for fees. yeah transactional fees all that other stuff and Again, it speaks to the demand and how quickly banks are moving on the medical sector. And that's why there are, that is such an exceptional point to be made. And that's why throughout the nation, what people are realizing is that the news about the office sector is sometimes you're not comparing apples and, and you know, apples to apples because um, the medical office sector is doing extremely well. Right. And in Florida, the office is doing well. So you're kind of comparing right. apples to mangoes or <laughs> yeah, exactly. or something. Exactly so let me, I, yeah. I, I loved this transaction because, you know, watching it go from yeah. the background, um, there were so many um, important takeaways that I want to highlight. So yeah. one starts with the residential commercial, I mean, the residential agent, right? She's like, yeah. she's a luxury agent. She doesn't want to shift. She knows that's not her area of expertise. She right. still wants to take care of her customer, Correct. be her so, be her customer source of right. everything, real estate. Right. So she refers them 
to you. She refers them to you. Well, so, that, and that, she gets a commission. So no, she, no, for sure. you she, know, she gets her referral fee yeah. and knows that her clients well taken care of. So kudos to her. Most people want to well, do every single transaction or have their hand in every transaction yeah. instead of just handing it off to the capable yeah. person. And I know that's hard to do, but kudos to her. Yeah. The second thing, man. Before you jump into yeah. the second thing, yeah, definitely a, a very, you know, a very wise business move. Um, you know, long term for the relationship as well. And there, you know, we've had other opportunities to transact, and you know, happy to pay that referral fee, which is twenty five percent of the commission, and establishing this relationship. And but more importantly, uh, which is what we always preach to everybody, is that to her clients, right, who now become our clients, right, and collectively they are our clients, but they see her as a connector, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, you might not have all the information, but you know where to find it. You're and you resource. know who are, yeah, you're my resource. You know who is the right person um, to be able to do this. And and in fact, the transaction started, the relationship started because they were looking for a management company, you know? Right. And, and then she calls me and I'm able to connect her with the right commercial management, management company. And um, and then that's how their relationship begins. And and rather quickly, they, they asked me to do an evaluation of the property just because they want to know what the property value is at that time. And I admittedly thought this was going to take months before it, you know they ever can they would ever consider selling but i guess the evaluation was so strong right, right based on where the market was was telling them that they decided that it was time to to make a move so kudos oh, yes. to them the other Absolutely. one is kudos to the buyer who well first kudos to you and the seller who had a discussion beforehand found the strengths and the weaknesses of the property and the market and then yeah. identified the potential yeah. buyer because I always think that's really important when you're getting ready to sell a property is you want to know who the most likely buyer is of that property or if you're a landlord who is the most likely person yeah. to want to lease that property and do they fit into your mix so right. kudos to you guys for doing that kudos to the buyer for being so prepared that they didn't let financing stand in the way they right. figured out a bridge so a lot of people right now are doing that a lot of savvy investors that are trying to take yeah. opportunity of deals on the market and the lack of financing are offering cash deals and they're putting bridge loans together knowing that they're getting they're they're gonna get the financing. Yeah, I do. I do give a lot of credit to to the seller, you know, to to the trust because you know of what I what I appreciate the most from people. One of the things that I appreciate the most was when they have intellectual curiosity mm -hmm. to learn what they don't know, mm -hmm. and to ask the right questions, and to research, and to ask for the research, and to and to question the research, and to you know, and to follow up with better questions and probing questions. And they they certainly did that. I mean, I I think that they served their clients extremely, the beneficiaries extremely well. Um, and we had some really great great conversations, and that always tells me that. I'm working with the right people and that they're working with the right person as well because you know I I love that. I mm -hmm. think I think that I have an opinion of value, the seller has an opinion of value, the market speaks very loudly. Mm -hmm. And so it's in that and that's the funnest part for me of all this is figuring out uh, the pricing but more importantly figuring out how does this property fit within the ecosystem of the market mm -hmm. and how do we present it to the marketplace in its best light. Mm -hmm. So kudos to them yeah. for uh, so yeah that, that it's always fun. 
And then I want to say kudos to the local bank. I mean, no doubt. everybody will tell you if if you're getting a loan, go local first. They're relationship based. Um, they were amazing. Their their agent came out. Their lender came out and yeah. viewed the property with them and answered questions. I mean, it was the whole yeah. deal was super interesting. Just be, it, it's like a dream deal in the sense right. that. All of the right players were in the room at at the right time all the time, except for that mother-in-law in the first part. She shouldn't. You know what's funny? <laughs> it, it's really interesting you say that because I, when I started, I started in the mortgage, you know, business and and then residential real estate. And a lender never comes out to see a property, right. you know, on the residential sector. They leave that for the appraisal, and you know, and oftentimes you'll get an underwriter that might have a question about a picture on an appraisal or whatever it is, but never like that. And I remember when I did my first ever uh, multifamily deal, I was actually representing the buyer, and and the lender reached out to me and says, "All right, when can we go see the property?" And I was always. You want to see the property? He goes, yeah. We we always, you know, we like to we like to learn. We like to see the property, and and so I thought, okay, this is this is actually a very good thing because now you have a captive, you know, right. audience. So if you're able, so to the bank, the local bank, and, th and this is why commercial real estate is so amazing because you know it's about number and the business has to make sense, you know. Right. And so a local community bank, they're going to look at at the property. Uh, from the perspective of the investor and see if it's really a wise investment and do they have the right person to manage that property? And then they're going to say, yeah, we want to be a partner to you on this transaction. And, and they know the community. They know right? the community. They know the community because sure. it's not the same as a national bank with a right. branch in the neighborhood okay. because yeah. it's not the branch manager who's... Right dealing with the loan right it's somebody Correct. up at corporate yeah. so and on a local level this yeah. was the local lender who came out no and looked so he yeah. knew the yeah. south miami area he knew yeah. the neighborhood he knew for the sure. location and everything else yeah. so well thank you thank you thank you no, for no, sharing this deal i think it's a yeah. lot of fun there were a lot of insights it was so much fun to watch from yeah from the background and yeah. not without its challenges. No, not so. without its challenges, but you know, then again, that's that's just part of, for the course. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's where the lessons are learned worthwhile. are in those yeah. challenges. Absolutely. So I know you were the you were the subject of the day, but do you have a fun fact? I uh, I don't I, I didn't pull up a fun fact although I will say this was this was a lot of fun to get it through the uh, through the finish line you know especially when you're dealing with four tenants and you're you know you're finalizing the transaction it's always there's always a lot of wrinkles uh, that we didn't necessarily get into but you know when you do things right from the beginning and you maintain good communication then things uh, things you know things always work out do you have a fun so fact? it's not really a fun fact but it's okay. a quote that I love because again this we're tying this into connecting the dots and obstacles and everything yeah. else and this is what Lawrence Yun um, the economist from the National Association of Realtors said regarding the latest job reports and I'm going to quote directly all in all jobs are being added raising long-term housing and commercial real estate demand However, short-term dynamics are more influenced by the movements in mortgage rates and the bond market. So we always say, end quote, so we always say in commercial real estate and in real estate in general that real estate is in for the long game. 
in The Obstacle is the Way, they talk about, Ryan Holiday talks about how to take something that can make you stuck and turn that to your advantage. So to me, it's all in that one sentence, right? Inflation is probably going to stay high because as jobs are being added, it's a pressure on wage growth, right? right? But that the plus, the plus side of that is that demand for housing and commercial real estate is going to remain high. Yeah. The negative is that the bond market and the mortgage rates are slow, move me, slow moving and short term, which goes to the, the cash crunch and why we've seen such a huge decrease yeah. in the number of transactions being done. But your example just showed that right buyer, right lender, right right place, deals get done. And we saw that throughout the year. We had a really good year last year. Um, Volume down, but numbers up. And uh, you know that the Miami Association of Realtors has started to provide a report, a commercial report, and they're going to do this quarterly. And in in it, she mentioned this, and I wanted to say about that Miami-Dade's office market outlook is fundamentally strong with a lower vacancy rate than nationally compared with other major gateway markets. So as of 2023 Q3, the office vacancy rate was 15.6%, which to me is overall, yes, but we both know that Class A, Class B office building, the vacancy rates are way, way below that. They're in the single digits. Um, Nationally, that vacancy rate Q3 was at 19.4, but if you look at other major markets, Office vacancy rates over 20% in New York, downtown, New York downtown area, 24%, Chicago, 24%, Los Angeles, 27%, San Francisco, 30%. So, you know, it just, it just bodes very well for uh, the office market. And then remember, I'm talking about office overall. If you're just looking at medical office, those numbers are significantly better. That vacancy rate is, is very, very low, uh, especially if you're managing a good medical office building. And, and I love going back to Emily Line, which was our very first interview towards the very beginning of this podcast when we were talking about office. And she goes, oh, there's so much opportunity. How are we going to repurpose? Right. So if you are in one of those markets, 30 percent in San Francisco, San Francisco is a great city. It's a phenomenal city. It's a beautiful city. It's going to come back when. Who knows? You right. you can't control that. You can't control what's going on. You can't control if people come back to work. You can't control any of that. But what does your market need? You can right. control how you look at it, how you connect the dots. Where is real estate going to be right. in San Francisco in five or 10 years from now? Right. Are there opportunities there? So, And some of the opportunities that we've discussed is that... <laughs> We've seen some offerings where you have an opportunity to buy below what it would cost you to build. If they gave you the land for free, right. you exactly. couldn't build that building. Right. Exactly. It was so under a hundred. It was a hundred yeah. and something dollars yeah, a square yeah, yeah. foot. It was no, insane. No, no. It's nuts. So thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Between Two Chairs. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you at the next one. Thank you again. Uh, let us know if you like this idea of anatomy of a deal. We're thinking of doing more of these and you know a little bit more in depth. But we would love your feedback. All right, guys, all the best. Thank you.